<laughs> what if I just like recorded this for once? What if we, the wild thought here, wild thought, crazy thought, go with me here. Yeah. What if we recorded a podcast? <laughs> oh my God, about what? Oh my God, what if we talked about season two, episode three of Criminal Minds? Oh my God, and we could do it on a podcast called Wheels Up. Whoa, James, could we talk about season two, episode three, A Perfect Storm? You're in luck, baby, because here we are. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. Welcome. <laughs> this is NPR. <laughs> you can do that so well that it genuinely scares me sometimes. My dad used to play it all the time, you know, when I was growing up. So yeah. I just like have it in my head, like a voice. Every time I listen to an episode of NPR, at the end, it like gets silent. And I always say it with them. I'm always like, this is NPR. Like, every time. Um, Yeah, season two, episode three, The Perfect Storm. The Perfect Storm. Yeah. Completely unrelated to the episode, just something fun that happened to me today. Uh Just so we can have, like, a little moment of levity before we begin (laughs) this episode. Yeah. Because this episode is another, like, roughy. Mainly because it's in Florida. Always. Today, when I was walking to lunch, uh, in my like upscale, like downtown, uh, like office building, uh, right outside of our offices, there was they were painting a little pride crosswalk. That's I don't cute. know why they just were. Yeah, and I kind of dig it. I'm like, yeah. thank you. I don't know why, but thank you. That's nice. <laughs> thank you so much. Time. Thank you for no. thank you for doing this for me. Personally, <laughs> for me. Specifically. For me. <laughs> <laughs> For me to walk to work. For me, so that I can look at it when I go to Chipotle over lunch and go, hey, that's nice. Yeah. That's the only, that's going to be the only like lighthearted part of this episode. The rest of the time, we're going to have to be very serious. Hey, welcome to a Criminal Minds podcast. Bad things happen on Criminal Minds all the time. Trigger warning for like rape, sexual assault, domestic violence. Domestic violence. That whole umbrella right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way here before Excessive we begin sweating. this episode. So much sweating. Everybody so much sweating. in this episode is so moist. Yeah. So actually, this episode had an audio commentary. Um, and they said that, you know, they filmed in the Valley. They filmed in California. But it just so happened that there was a heat wave uh, that week. And it was 106 degrees while they were filming. And... They had put in the script, this was Deborah Fisher and Erica Messer, the writers. They um, wrote this episode and they had put in the script, you know, make sure there's sweat stains on everyone because mm-hmm. it's hot. Uh, but then they didn't have to do that because it was hot as balls IRL. <laughs> Makeup department was just like, I'm going to yeah. take the day off. Y'all can just sweat through this and yeah. be good. Also, can I please tell you this piece of um, vocabulary that we must start using immediately. Okay, yes. So you know how in Criminal Minds a lot of the time there's like a mislead. They go and they meet someone who's like a sketchy person, but yeah, is it's it a the red yeah. yeah. They call them the unschmuck. <laughs> you know, because they go to meet a, you know, a schmuck, a schmucky guy, and they call it the unschmuck. That's the, they call their red herring people. That's really funny. We are yeah. absolutely going to keep yes. using that. Oh my I god! That and I was like, unschmuck. "Fuck yeah!" That's yeah. funny. That's very good, actually. Yeah. 
Um, I love how when you put enough, when you put like six to eight people in a room together and just lock them together for a long period of time, yeah. they'll develop their own language. And oh, I think yeah. that's really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just it's think it's very so comical. Yeah. Happens to like kids at summer camp and also professional writers. <laughs> <laughs> Who are basically kids at summer camp. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So um, should we talk about this ep? Because this one, there's yeah, a lot so. to go through this episode. Like another good episode, I think. Of Criminal Minds. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard for me to look at it with new eyes. I think, especially because I listened to the audio commentary first. So I like had it in my head from the beginning that like she was the killer. So it was like hard to watch it. Like and remember if I was tricked or not the first Mm -hmm. time. Um, But I do like it. I do like that Gideon gets tricked. Gideon gets tricked for a lot of the episodes. I, lo- I love it when our profilers fuck up so bad. Yeah. I love it when they get tricked. They get outfoxed. Outmanned. Outgunned. What? Outmanned. <laughs> what? There always has to be a Hamilton reference now. I can't. We can't keep doing this. We cannot keep doing this. Hamilton minds. No. Nope. Criminal. Criminal. Term. Criminal hams. Oh. Criminal hams. <laughs> Criminal minds. I like criminal hams because it's just a bunch of like pigs in a gang. I like that actually. Ugh. I'm very into it. Anytime someone talks about pigs, I just think of that pig farm episode. Oh God, no! Like, now I'm thinking like, about the pig farm episode. Let's talk about this episode, <laughs> okay, James. Okay. What happens? Wow, good question. Um, <laughs> so we're in Jacksonville, Florida, ostensibly, uh, in a house. And the woman is, like, going to get the mail. She, like, puts her cigarette out on the bottom of the mailbox and drops it. because she doesn't want her husband to know that she's smoking? Maybe. It was just, like, an interesting little, like, thing. I love when shows put in, like, idiosyncrasies like that. Um, This whole, like, opening scene actually was very much, like, slice of life, you know? Yeah. Like, it was very nice. I was like, hey, this is yeah. kind of neat, actually. I yeah. really enjoyed it. It, was, it felt very real. The woman's like, do you want, like, cranberry juice or, like, this other juice? And he's like, I want coffee. And she's like, doctor said no coffee. And also less butter. And he's like, is half a stick okay? And they're, like, choking. Like, it's really <laughs> They cute. have, like, a, a realistic back and forth. Yeah, they've been married for a while. It's cute. Uh, yeah. And then the uh, mom is like, hey, our daughter, Laura, sent pictures from her trip and then she pulls it out and it's a dvd and she's like oh that's weird like i thought it was pictures and not a video and the dad is like get with the times <laughs> he's basically like you need to like keep up with the times or you're gonna end up um as pitiful as your mother <laughs> and i was like that's a low blow on this random tuesday like fuck. i was gonna say damn <laughs> yeah. fucking just shots fired at your mother-in-law damn <laughs> so rude like, okay uh, yeah so they start playing the video and then the dad starts like hyperventilating and the mom is like what the fuck is happening is that my daughter no no so the um, video is uh like of the daughter being sexually assaulted yeah, and like that's and the video, that and that's why the dad literally has a heart attack and dies while and watching. Dies, yeah. Um, I do like the way that it cut from like his laptop 
to JJ's laptop. Um, that was like a fun little transition. Um, it's better than like diving through the photo into the mm-hmm. internet or whatever the fuck we've been doing know. recently. You know. Um, also, there's something I haven't mentioned that I have been noticing, and that's the Fiji water product placement in Criminal Minds. They always have fucking Fiji. All the water bottles in the briefing room are Fiji water bottles. And this episode specifically, JJ closes her laptop and there's just a Fiji water bottle. She closes her laptop and it's like product placement. And I just like, I just needed to bring it up. I need everyone else to also see it. Product placement? Or do you think that was like, that's just what they had crafty for? You know, that I day. don't know because in other episodes, all the water bottles on the in the briefing room are all Fiji water. Like in other episodes, like they only drink Fiji water bottles. So is that just like what that studio has on hand for craft services, or is that just no, or is it that has like to a be paid product thing? placement? Because if it wasn't paid, they wouldn't be giving free product placement. Well, no, but yes, they would because sometimes. Like on t- that happens all the fucking time. It's just, it sucks because it we don't just, have like clear so definitions blatant. of what's product placement and what's not on TV, especially like YouTubers just, and podcasts needs to do better, like legally do better at it than like Criminal Minds does. But so. it was like it was like the options were to close the laptop and have it be like files, or close the laptop and show a perfectly centered in frame Fiji water, you know. <laughs> That's why I was like, and I they closed it, and I was like, oh, Fiji. Like, okay, why? bougie. Like, why? It's fancy for you guys to have, but okay. Little, little too fancy for the FBI. I don't want my tax dollars just going to fancy water. Y'all can drink oh Dasani. God. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Y'all can drink tap water. Fuck you. Get a Brita filter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Also, the song playing in the background is Only the Good Die Young. Um, which I was like, that's so Florida. I forget who that's by, but it's such a Florida song. Is that Billy Joel? I think it's Billy Joel. Only, yeah. Only the good die young. Yeah. It's very... Do you ever feel like when they have a music choice in an episode, does it ever feel to you like they just pick a random song oh i was gonna say the opposite i was like it always feels too deliberate like they're killing a good girl who has good grades and this and it's nice blah blah blah. and the song they're playing is only the good die young that's fair it just seems so fucking out of left field for me you know? know the only the only Criminal Minds music choice I can remember that was like good is like the Piano Man episode because the music is the core part of that episode. I know. I will say I really like when they do Sympathy for the Devil during the Henkel episodes. I They do a good job when they do that one. But it's like, why does Hotch walk into a bar and fucking Coldplay is playing? Yeah. Or why is, why, why was Billy Joel the choice here? You know? Yeah. It, it just felt weird. It feels yeah. like they just like spin a wheel or pull some shit out of a hat, you know? Yes. Yes, they do. For sure. Okay. So we're in the briefing room. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
here's the thing. They're playing the video and Hotch says, if the music is not laid over like a soundtrack, like it's playing in the room with them. Mm-hmm. So Garcia is tasked with separating the audio tracks. There's only one audio track. Like Hotch yeah. just said, it's playing in the room. And so Garcia is tasked with like, isolating the music out of the video is that a real thing so you can go in and it takes a lot of work but you can go in and like unearth um like if i'm talking and layer music over me talking and just like record like that if i play music from my phone right now you would still be able to hear what i'm saying Right. right It's just the way that he described it as isolating audio tracks is stupid and not how that works. She's isolating specific words and frequencies that don't show up in that song that she can then remove from it. That's what she's doing. She's just taking that out. I don't know why he's like Garcia's working on isolating the audio track or like cleaning it up. Yeah, cleaning it up is is what she's doing. She's cleaning up and like removing the excess stuff to get to the sound that's underneath. He says separating the audio tracks. And I was like, there's just the one audio track. There's just one. Just one. So that was like a weird way he said that. All right. Laura, the victim, 20 in college. Um, She's the fifth victim abducted. And all the victims have been abducted either jogging or in a parking lot. Um, and, but the others weren't like killed on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the past, the victims had been missing for weeks before they were killed. And Laura was only missing for five days. So we are yes. escalating. Nobody ever says the word escalating, but that is what is happening. That's what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's they what they said, mean. This is the second DVD. The first DVD was um, give it to the family two months ago, but it never came forward because the Jacksonville PD were holding on to it in the hopes that they could find more clues. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, they didn't do anything. They just with didn't it. tell the BAU, which yeah. I get it. Like solve your own cases. Okay, yeah. sure. But also two months, y'all. This was a really interesting thing, um, this moment, because when they are describing it, like at the end of it, they're like, we need to help them. You know, it's been years, never found anyone. They didn't know they were looking for two people. So like, we need to go help them. And it makes it sound like they were like trying to decide whether or not they were going to take the case. And then at the end of it, they decided to take it. Where, like, in reality, right, we know JJ chooses a case, right? She brought this to Hotch, who brought it to, it to the, the team. team. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because we're leading up to, uh, I won't spoil too much, but we're leading up to a moment in North Mammon where JJ is looking through the files and Hotch is like, what are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm choosing our next case. And Hotch says, I thought we did that. I thought the profilers chose the case. And she's like, yeah, I let you think that. <laughs> so I just thought I- it was like, yeah she's like yeah okay (laughs) hotch it's almost like do you know that parenting technique where like you try and not overwhelm children with choices so you're like do you want the red pen or the blue pen yeah instead of just do you want a pen it feels like that's what jj does to the bau she's like all right do you want to take this case or this case there's only two options 
There's yeah. only two options. Or she does the thing that's like, I just called Sharon out for doing this. The thing of like, you're going somewhere and we're going somewhere. Sharon goes, do you want to drive? What she means is, I want you to drive. But she's letting me feel like it's my choice. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> do you want Indian for dinner? Sure. Great. You chose dinner. No, I didn't. <laughs> Um, no, I didn't. I accepted the, the thing that you gave me, yeah. actually. <laughs> That's what JJ does to them, though. JJ is like, Hutch, you want to look at this case in St. Louis? And he goes, oh, sure. And then he goes into the briefing room and says, I've chosen to work on this St. Louis case. And yeah. JJ's like, yes, you did, Hutch. Yeah, like, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, but I just thought it was funny that we had this moment that's like them choosing to take the case when like very soon we learn that JJ is straight up just like, no. No, Hodge, I, I've always chosen the cases. I, <laughs> you know this. I'm the one who does this. I'm the one who does this, Hodge. This is literally what I do. Um, <laughs> okay. Gideon has this moment where they're playing the video and Gideon's like, can you turn that down? And he like sounds like he's hungover. Um, yeah. What's and I was up like, with that? I was like, what is up with that? What's I up think, with that? I think that he's like trying to like watch it without the sound distracting him, but he said it in such a way that I was like, you okay there, bud? <laughs> Are you good? You good, bud? Are you good? Yeah. Um, so Reed talks about how the physical torture has now turned into psychological torture with the videos because like they physically torture the victims and then they psychologically torture their families. Um Reed is also wearing a giant button down this episode. Or just like this scene. His shirt is so big on him. I fully went, is that Morgan's shirt you're wearing? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure it is. Very lucky on you. Can I also just say, his glasses this episode, and I think the rest of the season, yes. look just like my glasses. Yeah, they look just and like I'm Sharon's so glasses, sorry. too. Uh, <laughs> so why funny. do I have Spencer Reed glasses? You are Spencer Reed. We've established. This fucking sucks. I don't want to be Spencer <laughs> Reed. <laughs> I, be the, I don't want to be that fucking nerd. God, this sucks. <laughs> um... So they talk about the killers being sadistic and Gideon is like, it's offenders, plural. And he says that the killers like playing to an audience and there's a moment where like the camera moves and mm-hmm. Gideon describes it as like master and servant. And he's like, we need to be looking for like the partnership characteristics and like this and that. Um, and then like Jacksonville PD has been searching for years. How long is it going to take them to find a team? Um, it's just real shady. Um, it is real shady towards Jacksonville PD. Yeah, but they're very nice him. to this detective's face, but like here, they're like, so "This guy's weird. fucking stupid. He doesn't. He can't find him." Like, it took three years damn, to find bro. someone, and then it was two people. Damn. Damn, bro. Yeah. Okay. They're on the plane. Um, doing the can like they're watching the video, and the guy keeps looking at the partner to check in, and they talk about fully ado. Two people sharing a delusion. Um, but Reed says, like, yeah, that's kind of, like, the literal meaning of it, but, um, it also just means, like, two people who, uh, bring out the worst in each other. Uh, Which, is that what fully you do is? I thought it was fully the delusion. It's fully the delusion. He's incorrect here. Um, no, fully a do is something when, like, two people experience a psychotic break together. Usually yeah. it's like siblings. It happens a lot with like twins or like when it happens, a lot of the time it's twins. 
yeah um, or if it is like a husband and a wife it's like a really or like intense... a, like a family yeah like yeah um but here's something that i thought was interesting in the um audio commentary they said that they did research and they found out that 50 percent of serial killers are actually serial killing teams and like if it's a man and a woman the woman usually goes along because she like needs the like attention of the man like she goes along with it for the sake of the man um but like fully ado is something that we think of as like rare like it's rare rare for two people to share like the same delusion um i also think i also think it wasn't the right choice of words for this this case that's not at all what happened here they're not in a delusion it's not delusional they know exactly they know exactly what they're doing the whole time yeah it was pretty weird i don't know um, so then they talk about like a dominant and a submissive. Um, they're like, why the DVD? Like maybe it's like a shared souvenir. It's also built in blackmail. Um, and then they say that they found Laura's body hidden under a bridge, which is weird because they've never like hidden the bodies before. Um, so Hotch and Al are going to go talk to Laura's mom. Gideon and Morgan are going to go visit the local PD at the scene of the body. Reed's going to go work on the victimology. Um, JJ's just hanging out, I guess. Uh, you just see JJ doing paperwork later. She Stupid. really, like... She's literally just, like, transferring info from the blue form to the pink form. <laughs> yeah. They, just, they really just told AJ Cook, look busy. <laughs> I look busy. laughed. When that scene came on the first time I watched this, I was like, wow. They really just spread papers on a desk and went jj do something (laughs) and then like they like i love this suit in the airplane because every single one of them says what they're doing and where they're going yeah jj except for jj she just sits there and looks pretty (laughs) literally also oh my god she has a fucking pda where she's like has anyone talked to the mother yet and then gussie's like no no one has and jj goes and then she starts using her stylus <laughs> on her PDA. And I was just like, oh no. Like, <laughs> yeah, JJ, send that email with that stylus. Like, fuck. <laughs> Imagine if we still um, had like cell phones and also PDAs instead of I... like smartphones. <laughs> Ellen Hodge go to talk to Laura's mother, who's also the, you know, her husband just died. So she's like a widow and a bereaved mother. Do you think it's weird that they do not touch this woman at all? Elle just sits across the table from her and like looks You mean physically? Yeah, they don't like lay a hand on her arm or anything. Like Elle literally like nobody reaches out to like pat this woman on the shoulder or anything. Here's the thing. JJ later is very hands-on very she's tactile. very like arm around the shoulder very yeah. like let me hold your hand l should never have been the one to be comforting yeah. these people they were just like l's the woman you know because like as soon as she leaves jj fills that position and is much more tactile you know i just think i don't think it's yes i think it's weird but i think it's weird because it's l yeah i think maybe i was just thinking about how jj does it and i was like it's weird that nobody Pats yeah. this woman on the shoulder or anything. Jay's just better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
even in season one in the cannibal religious episode when that don't talk about the cannibal religious episode hold on it's it's (laughs) related when that rich woman in her fur coat is there jj has an arm around her and like pats her knee and stuff like i think jj's just tactile yeah also something i noticed this episode they keep like showing Elle's face when they talk about like murder or like rape they keep like cutting to Elle who's like looks upset for like a second it's just like a little brief like just a little Elle bit is affected Elle is affected Elle is affected you know I thought yeah. that was a good way that they're gonna eventually like you know build up to what happens so I thought yeah, it was weird they didn't focus on Hodgmore but yeah okay yeah why because he's Cause a he has. Yeah, he has his he has that sad moment at the very end in the plane. He has that sad moment at the end, and I was like, "Where did this come from?" I mean, like, like did the he just like cut a bunch of stuff. The abuser in this case, so I guess now he's like more affected by it. You know, I guess I don't know. Maybe it's trying to relate back to the fact that Hotch was abused by his father. Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to like say. But they didn't actually do anything with it. They didn't do anything. They just had him staring sadly into space on the plane. At the end. Silent. Yeah. It was weird. (laughs) Yeah. It was odd. Um, Okay. They ask about Laura's personality. And the mom is like, she's sporty, confident, outgoing. She's like a people pleaser. Um, Somebody saw her giving somebody directions. And she's like, I raised her to be a good person. And that's what got her taken. Um, Which was like, all right. (laughs) Uh, and also they say they're looking for Laura. Laura had a pearl and diamond ring her dad had given her. The mom wants it. Nice fucking ring to give your daughter. I know. When I went to college, my dad gave me a poster of my cat. Fuck a pearl and diamond ring. <laughs> Jesus. My dad uh, barely okay. paid for an oil change once. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Gideon and Hodge go to where the body was found. Okay, can we talk about how all the victims are wrapped in, like, saran wrap? And yeah. no one mentions it? They don't mention that. Not once do they mention how they're wrapped in plastic wrap. Which is weird, like, right? Yes. And, like, this woman's was clear, but later there's, like, one that's green, there's, like, one that's blue. We're just not, like, huh? What's going on there? What's going on there? Why? What's up? And And, like... When they save the woman at the end, she's already had her like breast wrapped with plastic wrap. So clearly, it's like part of the process. But they like never touch on it at all. Mention it at all. They're like, this is what serial killers do. But don't worry about it, guys. There's this other thing they do that's way more crazy. On <laughs> like... <laughs> the scale of crazy saran wrap, not so much. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. There's two men, and the Jacksonville PD guy is like, how do you know? And they're like, well, the level of torture and, like, the filming it is two things. And then Derek comes back and says, okay, they were killed by ligature strangulation. Um, And there's no ring on the body, so, like, why would they need two trophies? Whatever. So then they talk about the degradation and the shock value of her being found like that. And then Gideon goes, it's also a message for the police. And then the police guy goes, What's the message? And it's that they're they're taunting the police. But I just like love the idea of the serial killer being like, we left a message for the cops. And the cops being like, you did? What was the message? 
You left a message? I didn't see a message. Like, I didn't get a message. Like, Gideon has to be like, it's a message for you. And the cop is straight up like, it is. Uh, but what does it say? What does the message say? Like, <laughs> no idea. Fuck the Jacksonville police, I guess. Um, okay. They go to the police station. Garcia gives them two more possible victims. Um, they were high, they were hidden and posed, but they had been manually strangled, which is why they think the cops didn't like put it together because they were manually strangled and not strangled with a ligature. With and they don't yeah. make the they don't make the connection like verbally, but I think it's that the boyfriend, the first boyfriend, was yes. the one manually strangling yes. them. So when she, when Amber kills the boyfriend, she has to use a ligature. Cool. Wait, um, did they ever specify, like, is she the one who does the murders? I don't know. They don't. Like, from what it sounds like when they talk about it, it's like the guy she makes the guy do it and she watches because like it's supposed to be the replacement for her brother and her father who abused her yeah so Uh i think she watches it and like the husband or you know the the her her man in the situation is the stand-in for her brother and her father and then the blonde women are the stand-in for her so i think she likes to watch it as like a third party to see how she would have been but they don't make it clear who's Kill, who's like doing the killing yeah who does the murder I don't know but at the end she is beating the shit out of that girl she is absolutely she is absolutely wrecking shop she there is, she is girl bossing that victim which we um, shouldn't laugh at but it is no. a very funny shot it's a hysterical it was like, shot I was just like holy shit go off queen <laughs> like fuck yeah um okay JJ's doing paperwork. They're also like straight up being, talking about like decomposition, strangling, murder, all this kind of shit. And JJ is just like, I got paperwork to do. She's not even looking up. She's like, I'm busy. I'm uh, busy. Yeah. yeah. So then Reed's theory is that the dominant, uh, like at the beginning, the dominant allowed the submissive to rape the women and got them hooked that way. And then after that, the, the dominant got to keep the prize got to keep got to be the one to do the things yeah um which i think we get i don't know there's a lot of like explanation at the beginning and then when we like figure out like it's the guy and the girl um they kind of drop an actual explanation yeah they're really just like it happened anyway yeah anyway yeah, um, and then JJ looks up and says, isn't it weird that the package was only sent to the mom? So they go and they look at the first package and it was also only sent to the mom. And Reed says, well, the first mom like pleaded with the killers to give her back, you know, and then the second mom would like asked God to like forgive the killers for what they've done. And um, they decide that targeting the moms is a message saying like, we don't need I don't need your forgiveness. Stop trying to forgive me for doing this. I don't want you to forgive me. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, then we see like a woman jogging. Uh, the person in the car asks for directions. She gives them, she turns around, she's grabbed and pulled into the truck. Cool. 
um, there's been seven victims. The first victim, oh, it says that the first victim, like the bruises show that she struggled while she was being strangled. And that's probably why they switched to the ligature. Um, but they don't like expand on that. Cool. Yeah. Um, As with everything else, they just say something yeah. cool and then we're like, anyway. Anyway. Um, so they can't find any of the vehicles that the women were taken in. Um, like the bodies are found pretty easily. So like, why bother hiding the cars? That's kind of the question they put out there. So we're giving the profile. The dominant personality is the mastermind. They're sharing a common delusion. The sub is fiercely loyal, but they'll be easier to turn like against the dominant because they're like weaker or stupid or whatever. Um, Reed says it's the perfect storm when they met each other. He actually says the name yeah. of the episode in the episode, which we have not yeah. been keeping track of very well, but they haven't no. said it for a while. So, no. um, well, they said the Fisher success King. on the spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, yeah, they probably said the Fisher King, but I don't count it. Cause I don't like they that episode. They did say the Fisher King. 100%. I'll, I'll give it a yes. Yeah. What was last episode called? P911. They don't say that. Yeah, they don't say that at all. But they do say Perfect Storm. Okay. All caught up. Great. Um, Gideon says, Gideon says they'll stop when they get caught. And I couldn't tell if he meant just like, they'll stop kidding because they got caught or they they won't stop until they get caught. They'll only stop when they get caught. Um, That was just like interesting. And then JJ just straight up like interrupts them. Hot is like in the middle of a sentence and JJ is like, hey guys. Hey guys. Uh, and then the jogger's mom is on TV. It's her name's Tiffany. And they're like, why didn't we know about this? And it's because Tiffany's in another jurisdiction. Uh, and we hear JJ be like, Jennifer Giroux, FBI, you just showed a news report. <laughs> you need to get in contact with that mother. Yeah, was she like, was just like, you could tell she was switching into you will, yes. you will give me the phone number of whoever I need to get the yes. phone number for. You will give me this number. Thank you. Thank you. Like it was very much like yeah. White mom voice, you know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, so sad, but so true. So sad, so true. Morgan calls Garcia, who's like really upset. I This was a little odd to me just because she's like, they ruined this song for me. And also all these women are dead. And I was just It was like, very much a, I've been watching the same video for the past yeah, seven hours. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this anymore. So she says she's having a hard time separating the audio. Um, they try to figure out where all the cars were. And she says that all the cars were taken to Trevor's Auto in Georgia. And that's why they hadn't been able to track them because they were sold and over state lines. Yeah, they were like sold for parts. I think she specifically yeah. mentioned. She's like, the, some of the parts ended up here. Yeah. Which is why um, nobody can find shit except for Penelope Garcia because she's right. great. Yes. They were sold by Joy Davin who lives in Jacksonville. Um, he has a criminal history of auto theft with the partners. They're like, okay. Um, so then the Tiffany's mom gets a DVD and like shows up to the police station and Nell and Hotch are like, do not watch this DVD. (laughs) Do not watch this DVD. Uh, and they convince her to like hand it over. Which like, I actually thought this was a very good L scene of like, yeah, you want to remember her going out in like a tank top and shorts to go jogging you don't want to remember her like she is going to be shown on this please don't watch that don't watch that which i thought was just like a very good elsie yeah it was nice 
Um, so then the, we see on TV that the news is talking about how they've connected all these murders. And Joey is like, oh, shit. Um, the FBI and the cops show up. The dad is in a wheelchair. And he's like, ah, what Joey do now? Uh, and then Joey does his suicide by cop because he's like, I don't want a third strike. Like, I'm not going back to jail. Um, what is that third strike thing referring to? Yeah, so let me look it up real quick. But basically, you get three strikes. Um, and then you get a much longer sentence or something like that? Is yeah, that what it is? I, I, I imagine. Yeah, it's called the three strike law, where basically every repeat offense um, is worse. Okay. You know, so the idea is like, they're actually called the habitual offenders law. Um, they're part of the anti-violence strategy. But basically, like, it requires first a severely violent felony and then two other previous convictions, and you get mandatory life. Oh, damn. Yeah, so once you have um, three strikes, you get mandatory life, and you get labeled as, like, a persistent offender. Um, yeah, so that's why they call it the three strikes. Man, no wonder our prison system is way overcrowded, huh? Yeah. It's like literally like Jesus. Um, Yeah. And like they go back like a very long time. New York has had it since um, the early 20th century. Um, Michigan started it during Prohibition. The first like actual like three strikes law was passed um, in Washington in 1993. Um. Basically, just like as an idea to lock up serial offenders, you know, but yeah, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, prison system bad. Yes. Basically. Um, yeah. Florida did theirs in 1995. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Hey, we learned something today. We did. There's a lot of criticism about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. The guy dies because he refuses to get life. Um, yeah, so he raises a gun to the other cops and the other cops uh, bap, bap, bap. Bap, bap, bap. You know, like- bap, bap, bap. Just like that. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> okay. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> the dad is in the wheelchair. He says that Joey moved into his house two years ago when the MS put him in a wheelchair. Joey works at a garage surrounded by other ex-cons. Um, and then they find evidence, which we find out later was Laura Clemens' blonde hair. But at that moment... They hand it over. It like we literally don't get to see what's in the bag. We don't know what it is. They're just like, here's a here's a ziploc. <laughs> just like okay. here's a ziploc bag. We're holding like there's something inside of it. Yes. It's like, okay. Reader, there was nothing in that bag. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, later Absolutely we do find nothing. out it's Laura Clemens' hair, but that doesn't go anywhere. Oh really? Okay. I thought that it was Amber Canardo's. No, I think it's Laura Clemens, and that's okay. why they're like Joey was involved somehow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Um, Man, uh, I, know I, ju- I know I just watched this episode. I feel like I didn't parse any of the clues while I was watching it. They were like half clues. It was like a bunch of half clues. And then at the end, they were like, get it? 
And we're all like, no, wait, no. Go back. Go through that again. Kind of, I guess. Like, Jesus. I guess. Um, I mean, if there's a quiz at the end, I'm not going to pass, but... Uh, so they go outside and they're like, okay, well, there's two vans in the driveway. One is the dad's because it has handicapped plates. So they're like, maybe the other van was Joey's. Maybe he was driving. Like he would have been the submissive personality because the dominant would have just come out shooting right off the bat and wouldn't have done like suicide by cop. Um, so they think that maybe Joey was driving the vans while the dominant personality was the one actually like snatching the women off the street, um, which is not true. Uh, yeah, wait, where's the <laughs> no? So, Tony, we I think the implication then is that Tony is driving and Amber is the one snatching the girls because when the person asks for directions, it is a man's voice. So, okay. Amber is just strong as shit, apparently. I guess, fucking I guess. Buff, dude. I damn. know, it's like, okay, damn. Shit, um, bitch. Yeah. So, then they're like, well, okay. <laughs> Gideon is like, well, if he works with ex-criminals, he probably keeps in touch with his old cellmate. And then it just so happens the old cellmate is the guy. I was like, okay, tenuous connection. It was just like, oh, I guess we're just saying like, maybe, maybe, maybe. And it turns out to be right. And it just happens. I just so happened to have the skeleton key in my pocket. Like, okay. Uh, Gideon calls Garcia. They look him up. His name is Anthony Canardo. And she straight up is like, Tony Canardo. I know. I know. She's like, I just know this motherfucker is going to shorten his name. I know he goes by Tony. They always do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. (laughs) They all got out. They both got out three years ago. They both live in the area. And then Gideon's like, that's all you got? And she's like, yes. And he goes, Garcia, you do good work. And then just hangs up. And she's like, thank you, sir. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, all right. It was such a weird fucking scene. Why did they put that in there? Sometimes the show is so weird. Like, what was the <laughs> point of that? I mean, I think it's Gideon... You know, because like, we find out earlier, you know, remember last season, there's like the whole thing about like Gideon, you have to let people know they're when doing they good do work. good work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this like came out of no, like it wasn't even a particularly like, like he should have said that after she did the audio, you know, like yeah. this was just like, thanks for Googling that for me. And it was also <laughs> weird. Did you notice how when they were, when they were showing Penelope, when she was looking up Tony and then like finding his address and everything, they did a bunch of, like, really swift cuts, so it was very, like, time pressure, very sensitive, like, we have to go fast, and then it's just getting doing, you do good work, Hank. (laughs) Like, what the, it was such a weird scene. While they were doing those, like, cuts and things, the information was, like, on her screen. (laughs) It was was already there. She was just going back and forth between the two windows, like, uh, 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 and I was like, okay. Drama. I'm just like, uh, uh, and then I click his name, and then I get an address. Like, okay. Okay. Sure. So interesting. 
was such a weird way to edit that scene. Like they wanted us to yeah. feel like under pressure and like with Penelope and whatever. Um, and like I get it, but also. But also they found the answers very quickly. It was just an address and a name. It wasn't like that tough. I could probably give you that. Like, Yeah. Um, okay. Hutch and I think Morgan or Hutch and L. Hutch and L go to the auto shop. The guy who's the boss there, he's like, yeah, I fired Joey. They're like, we just told you this dude's a criminal. You don't seem upset. And the dude's like, yeah, like I already replaced him. Like, I don't give a shit about this dude. <laughs> like, Do whatever you want. Um, and then they show a picture of Tony Canardo and he goes, oh, yeah, T-Bone. T-Bone. Yeah. And then and they he, never mention that nickname again. Never mention the nickname again. But he was T-bone. in prison, so he has a nickname. Um, obviously. And then the, the guy he's was not like, even like a, he's not even like a buff big guy. He's an average, like Tony's like an average looking he's guy. Just like some dude. He's just some guy. Yeah. And they, the owner of the like gas station, auto shop, whatever, is like, I didn't like it when Tony was around because he could tell Tony what to do and Tony would just fucking do it. So like, yeah, he was like, then, yeah. you know, Joey wasn't taking orders from me then. He was taking orders from Tony, from yeah. T-Bone. And he just said it just like taking that. Taking orders from T-Bone. <laughs> not from on Tony Canardo. Not. not on my fucking turf, he's not. Um, <laughs> such my a- fucking guest, <laughs> Um. So then they're like, Joey was definitely the submissive. And it sounds like Tony was dominant over Joey. Also, like, okay, I know that submissive and dominant aren't necessarily, like, always sexual. But the number of times they're like, this guy's a dominant. This guy's it a submissive. It felt so weird, right? I was like, yes. Yeah, it sounds very weird. Like, they knew they couldn't say, like, dom and sub. Because that's, like, <laughs> that's pretty sexual. So they kept having to say dominant and submissive, which just pointed out how weird it was. Like, they didn't say, like, it sounds like he was in charge, or it sounds like he was a follower. Like, it had to be, there's always a dominant and a submissive. And, like, the way that they, like, just said dominant or something, they didn't say, like, dominant personality all that much. They were just like, he's the dominant. And you're like, well, hold up. But is he a dom? Is he really? But is he a dom, though? But is he a dom, though? Because it sounds to me like he gets pegged by his wife. It tells me like he at that man absolutely oh, got pegged. Absolutely got pegged. Absolutely got pegged. Bottom king. Bottom okay. king. <laughs> okay. Gideon and Morgan go to Tony's house. The wife is there. This is Amber. They tell her Joey's dead, and she's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And they say that he killed seven women, and they basically like tell her about the crime, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And then she's like, like "Oh Tony, god." Yeah, she's like, Tony got out of prison, tried to keep clean, but, like, Joey always made trouble. Like, whenever Joey came around, like, there was trouble. Um, Which is interesting because it, like, it that makes Joey sound like the dominant. Joey shows up and trouble happens. Maybe it was just, like, I think it was more playing as, like, a when these two, these two get along like a house on fire and that's probably mm. a bad thing, you know? Right. Like right. You, you, we all have that one friend where like when you get together with them, you reach ultimate stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like that's what they were, that's what they were getting at there. 
ultimate stupid. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's what happens. No, it's so true. Um, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Okay, so then they're like, Amber, why don't you go to a friend's house? Gideon's going to go back to the station. Morgan's going to stay at the house and wait for Tony. Um, Garcia is like, Garcia ran the shop owner that they talked to, the gas station owner. And he like has a record and he's definitely like scum. But he was out of town for Tiffany's disappearance. So, but they make it sound like they're still going to keep an eye on that guy. But this is the last time that he's mentioned. He's our schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) Both of us will learn a new word and then immediately want to use it as often as possible. I swear to God. Oh, I'm going to make a new Toontown character called Unschmuck. Oh my God. But then you're going to have to start all over again from the beginning. I can't do that. Exactly. You're too far into Toontown to quit now, baby. Amber shows up at the police station all beat up. She says she got scared, so she went to go find Tony before he went home, and then he hit her when she said the police was at the home and everyone believes her. And then she's wearing Laura's ring, and she's like, it was a gift from Tony. Um, When in reality, it was like her own trophy she was wearing. Yeah. I wonder if she wore that on purpose or if she just like was wearing it. And they found out, like, later, you know. They don't clear that up. I think she was wearing it on purpose. I think she was devious enough that she was wearing it on purpose, yeah. Okay. Also, we've kind of spoiled the whole surprise for the end of this episode in that she's the killer, or she's the the dominant. I assume if you're listening to this, you've watched the episode. And if not, it was going to get spoiled at some point anyway. Yeah, it's fucking weird if you haven't watched the episode and you are listening to this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to call you out right now. That's fucking weird if you do that. I listen to a podcast called Horror Queers, and I have seen absolutely none of the 150 scary movies they've talked about, but I do listen to every episode. But like, I don't know. I feel like movies are different because that's like a two hour time investment that I need to make to watch a movie, you know? But like, that's true. But like season we're two, episode specifically three a, criminal a Criminal Minds, Minds. rewatch podcast, that's you fair. know? Like, we're not like, we don't have a general theme or other things we talk about. It's just Criminal Minds, you know? That's fair, like, that's I fair. feel like it's weird if you listen to this podcast and don't or haven't watched these episodes of Criminal Minds, you know? Yeah, I, I doubt we're convincing you to watch the show. Oh, I doubt it. I very much <laughs> doubt it. Except for maybe last episode. If you haven't seen P911, go watch P911. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> we're going to get more positive so soon. Okay. It's got to get worse before it gets better. It's got to get bad before it gets good. Okay. Pretty much. Tony comes home. Morgan's waiting in his car. Morgan like comes around the side and Tony hits him with a fucking bat. And Morgan yeah, Tony tackles just him. goes for it. Fucking decks him with a bat. Um, Shamar and that actor did their own stunts for this. Oh, really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. That actor did... That actor, Brad Rowe, does mm-hmm. other, like, shows where he, like, plays an FBI agent. Okay. Um, They said in the audio commentary that the... Brad, you said his name was? Yeah, Brad. Brad, um, he came in the next day and was like, yeah, man, I fucked up my back so bad I had to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> okay, so maybe it wasn't a good idea to do your own stunts, Brad. 
Your mom is Brad, fine. I'm not going to try and tell you how to live your life, but like maybe not the best mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. And then Hotch and the police come like running around the corner and Hotch is like, you couldn't have waited? And Morgan's like, I didn't want him to get away. <laughs> uh, they go into the house, they find the tapes and they play them on the TV and it's a tied up girl. With the saran wrap. Again, no one mentioning the saran wrap. The saran wrap is a weird thing, right? Like, that's so weird. Yeah. Also, like, if you did ever get caught, they could, like, trace your receipts of you buying so much fucking saran wrap. This, the saran wrap really confuses me. I'm like, not going to really lie to you. it felt they were like, what a serial killer thing to do. What, <laughs> what would a serial killer do? Also, imagine how hot it is outside, and then they saran wrap you. They literally wrap you in saran wrap. Like, fuck that. Girl, you can fucking cooked. Yeah. You're fucking cooked like a Christmas ham at that point. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. So, they're interrogating Tony. They're like, we need to praise him. Like, he's the dominant. He's going to feel like he deserves praise. So, Hotch goes in there and is like, oh my god, you're so good at being a serial killer. (laughs) We're all stumped. It's wild. You have people from the BAU stumped. I really wanted that guy to be like, who the fuck is the BAU? What the fuck? Who the fuck are you? Why are you? you Did you also realize that Hodge gave his like full (laughs) title when he walked in to like make himself seem more important to this guy so that his praise meant more? He gave like his full title like... Special Agent Aaron Hotchner. I'm head of the BAU, also the head of this task force. Like, very, like, full-ass title mm. to try and, like, pump himself up so that he would be more effective at pumping this other dude up. So he said he was the head of the BAU? Or he said he said something like that. He said, like, the head of the task force and then, like, supervisory special agent in charge of the BAU or something like that. Oh, so maybe at this point they've decided he's unit chief now. I was just thinking <laughs> maybe about that. Maybe this is the point. He <laughs> just, like, is... Congratulations, Hotch. You're going to achieve now. Okay. He says the BAU is stumped and he's like, I'm stumped. We want to study you and interview you because it's <laughs> wild. And the guy just goes like, what's in the boxes? And it's like files on the cases. And Hotch they did like, the fun thing where they were like, we're going to bring in a shit ton of boxes. Yeah. One of these is going to have the case file in it. Everything else is just spare paper. We pull. Yeah. And then the guy asks for his lawyer who he never gets. He never gets a lawyer. Oh my god, you're right. He doesn't. Cops are bad. Cops, cops are so bad. bad. Yes, All for a lawyer. Bad. And Hotch is like, we're going to do a deal, whatever. And the guy's like, no, I want a fucking lawyer. Um, So Hotch comes out and they're like, he lawyered, lawyered up quick. Hey guys, Which, if you yes. ever get arrested, lawyer up. Immediately. No matter what you do, get a lawyer. Yeah, and don't say, like, I want a lawyer or whatever. Say, I'm invoking my right to a lawyer. And then don't say anything else. Straight up. Straight up. Clear as possible. Get a lawyer no matter what. I am invoking my right to a lawyer. And then you shut the fuck up. And then you stop fucking talking. Yeah. That's the only thing you say until you get a lawyer. Straight up. I don't care if you're innocent. Fuck the cops. (laughs) Fuck the police. (laughs) I invoke my right to lawyer. I invoke my right to stay silent. And then you keep your mouth fucking shut. All right. Anyway, Gideon's like, I want the wife in the room. And oh God, this made me cringe. Ella's like, what? You want her in there? And Gideon's like, or Ella says he abuses her. And Gideon says, yeah, but she takes it. 
she's subservient to him. What the fuck? Like, I know that the whole, like, red herring, the twist of this episode is that she's the killer and that he probably doesn't hit her. But the victim-blaming language of, yeah, he abuses her, but, like, she lets him. She takes it. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me, sir? It is incredibly hard for victims of abuse of all kinds to leave that toxic relationship, to admit that they're being abused, to to recognize it even, and then to get out of that situation. So for him to straight up just say, I mean, she stays in that relationship, like, even though he abuses her, is such fucking bullshit. Literally. Literally. Like, saying it's her fault that she continues to get abused. Gideon goes, so Amber's talking to a social worker, and there's a post-it note on the lamp that's, like, pros and cons. I guess, like, the social worker is, like, trying to convince Amber to leave him. Yeah. Um, But Gideon shows up and is like, hey, would you talk to her? She's like, what the fuck? You want me to go in there? Look what he did to me. Um, And then Gideon's like, you know, do you have any other family? And she says, no, Tony is my only family. Um, And she's like, I'm scared of him. Don't make me do it. And then she like looks into the window and he like looks at her all intense. And then she agrees. Yeah. I think there's a cut moment here that like showed her reflection in the glass, but it like gave away that she was the killer because like the actress was just like so good at at that, at looking suspicious that like they showed their reflection and everyone was like, oh shit, it's her dude. (laughs) And they didn't want to like give it away yet. This actress, um, Nikki... Acox, yeah. Um, also did a bunch of horror movies, so that's she's why she's so good. She also wasn't supernatural, yeah. yeah. So that's why she's so good at acting suspicious. Yeah, she said she she was on the audio commentary too. She said that a, like people who knew her guessed that it was her right away because she always plays like the bad person. <laughs> so like when they were watching the episode, and they saw her. They were like, "Oh, it's her. <laughs> she's the bad guy." <laughs> love to be typecast by my friends and family (laughs) yeah she was um meg masters on supernatural just so everybody knows what her character's name was Mm -hmm. oh yeah also i'm sorry i'm unrelated i'm reading nikki's imdb page um the last episode of supernatural she was in is called are you there god it's me dean winchester which i just (laughs) think is a funny name for an episode i have no knowledge of supernatural besides the fact that they killed god i think anyway i think it's just a very funny name for an episode they don't kill god they like can't find god that's like is that why is that why dean's asking are you there yeah like castiel comes down like all the angels start coming down and are basically like, where the fuck is God? Like, God can't. We haven't seen God in forever. Um, well, isn't God the guy who wrote, like, fanfic about Dean and Sam? About Supernatural, like yeah. He, like, oh is kind of God. Because he's the one who's, like, writing the story. Like, he thinks he's making it up. And then they, like, show up at a convention. There's, like, a, an episode where there's, like, a convention for the book that's about Dean and Sam. And when they show up, everyone's like, oh, my God, your cosplay is, like, so good. And they're, like... What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm a regular. This is my regular. This, this is, is my Wednesday me. flannel. <laughs> they're like, what are your names? And they're like, Dean Sam Winchester. And everyone's like, ha 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 ha. I like, okay, fine. Keep your secrets. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, Supernatural sounds batshit. <laughs> I watched the first eight seasons of it back in the day. Batshit. Batshit. 
I hit post limit last year when Castiel got sent to Super Yeah! <laughs> I lost my oh, mind. I, lost I my think it's mind. so funny that so he got funny. sent to Super Hell. Super Guys, I'm hell. so sorry, but I think it is very funny that the gay angel got sent to Super Hell. It's so fucking funny. And then November 5th is now like Super Hell Day. Happy Super Hell Day. Literally, I was. <laughs> Is I she, you know, Tumblr a few weeks ago, just to just mm-hmm. for Super Hell Day. Yeah, is she, you know, going to Super Hell? <laughs> I just think I know it makes me sound homophobic, but I think the concept <laughs> of gay people going to not super just hell, hell, but Super Hell is very funny. <laughs> oh God, I love that idea. Fuck yes, I'm in a mega hell. <laughs> Regular hell can't contain this dick. It's me. <laughs> all the way down to super hell. Straight down to super hell. Okay. <laughs> the pearly gates, they're just going to pull open a comically large trap door underneath my feet, and I'm going to go all the way down. Are you really gay if you don't get sent to super hell? <laughs> oh my god, imagine the post-death gatekeeping that's going to happen. Like actual gatekeeping. <laughs> St. Peter is going to be having a fucking time sorting through all of us queers. (laughs) Not gay enough. Not gay enough. Not gay enough. You? Super mega, mega hell. One floor down. You're gay enough for regular hell. You're gay enough for super hell. Congrats. (laughs) If you're gay, but you're cis, go to normal hell. so close to being done okay no i'm glad though because that made this episode like we had a little levity a little, little boost is this so staying in the episode this is absolutely staying in the episode are you kidding me am i gonna get rid of prime super hell goofs no way in fucking shit girl no we're taking the bau jet straight to super hell amber goes into the room to talk to tony <laughs> in the room she's like I need you to tell me where Joey hid the bodies. And he's like, don't you mean they need you to say that? And she's like, I can't believe Joey killed them all. Um, and then she's like, Joey messed it all up. Tell them where Joey hid the bodies. Uh, and then he's like, there's a storage unit. Only Joey's dad has the key. So she comes out, and as soon as Gideon goes to her, she's like, I can't believe Tony killed all those people. <laughs> um, but this time, Gideon is, like, suspicious. Gideon is like, do you want some water? And she's like, yeah, okay. Um, and Gideon goes to get the water, and he tells a cop to stay with her. So then he walks into the room where all the profilers are, and Reed is like, Joey's dad's in a wheelchair. Like, how could he be involved in this? And then Gideon's like, well, the dad's only been in a wheelchair for two years, and they've been killing for three years, so maybe the dad did the first two, which is why they were different, and then brought in Joe and Tony, and maybe they record the killings for the dad to watch. Also, I don't know why they just immediately, though, like, assumed that the dad was involved. Like, if the dad is wheelchair-bound, he's not getting out to that fucking storage unit anyway. Sure, he might Yeah, but that's why. It. that's why... Sure, he might own it, but, like, I figured... 
when I heard that, like, it was a storage unit that only, you know, his dad had the key, I figured that Joey was doing it without his dad's knowledge. That's what I initially thought. I was like, okay, so you're just... Oh, interesting. Yeah, like, it just, it seemed to me like, okay, yeah, he's the one paying for it, but he doesn't go there, you know? Right. That makes sense. Well, that's why the theory is that they record it for the dad. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, it still seemed weird to, like, throw the dad under the bus. Like, the guy's in a wheelchair just trying his best for his son. Like, damn, dude. It's also, like, super sexist that they literally, like, don't think she's involved for so long. Hey, yeah. More women in murder. More women in murder. (laughs) I think women should... Serial killing bad. But female serial killers, kind of hot. (laughs) <laughs> I think female empowerment also extends to murder, actually. I think girl it's boss. chill if you girl boss, girl murder. <laughs> girl boss, girl murder. <laughs> girl boss, girl kill. <laughs> Gas murder, gate murder, girl murder. No, I think it's it should be like gatekeep, gaslight, girl kill. Just murder. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up murder just- gaslight they keep murder <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually I think that's very funny yeah alright um, we got to JJ and L. JJ calls Tony a sick bastard <laughs> um, then there's this weird moment that I didn't like where Elle is like well his mother abandoned him when he was four and then she got clean and then he she got arrested for being a sex worker when he was 11 and JJ says no wonder he hates women Youch! I was like, uh, I mean, I get the abandonment part, but like, uh, should we hate women because sex workers? No, but I guess 2006 was a real wild time for like misogyny, man. (laughs) I mean, I guess so. This is the same season later on. They're like 63 homeless people might be missing. Can homeless people even go missing? This is like the same season. <laughs> yeah, actually, as that, yeah. You know, I think this season was just written by middle-aged white people, and that's why they are the, this episode. Yeah. This season is the way it is. You know. Yeah, rip. Um, but then Al is like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, he grew up with no security, no support system. So, like, how is he a dominant personality? Like, how did somebody who grew up like that become dominant? Like. He's never had a support system that would make him confident. Yeah. So really, he shouldn't have any confidence. And everyone's like, hmm. And then Garcia calls JJ. All right, Hotch, Morgan, go to the storage unit. It was a lie. It's full of storage unit things. Great. Um, They're watching a video of Tony, and it's all false bravado, and he's being all aggressive and shit. And then when they watch Amber's tape, when Amber was talking to them, they're like, Amber's not scared. She, like initiates eye contact she's like not repulsed by any of the bloody pictures and he's watching her for orders um and then jj comes in and it's like look garcia got us this tape uh and it's amber on the tape calling them like a little whore and like all that yes gross yeah and then she's gone so okay here's another thing from the audio commentary apparently they had to cut it but in the background of like the jj and l scene you can see um, Amber, like, asking the cop for a smoke. Oh, really? And then, like, leaving. Yeah, they cut it. You can't see it anymore. That's neat, actually. But they, actually. Like, filmed that. I like that. Yeah, but they said, 
Yeah. But they said again that it was like too obvious, too revealing. Yeah. yeah. I like that they yeah. had they had a few moments where they were like, this is too revealing. We need to scale it back a little bit. I love that yeah. we are determined to make it obvious that she is this thing, but not too obvious. I like it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. <sighs> Digging it. Wow. Digging it. Loving it here. Wow. Um, and then JJ's like, oh, hey, we also got the DNA back on the DNA found on that first two bodies. Um, it wasn't Joy's DNA, which means Joy didn't rape them, and the dad didn't rape them. So, like, whose DNA is Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Gideon goes to talk to Tony, and Tony is like, yeah, me and Joy killed them. And Gideon's like, really? Because the DNA isn't either of you, so, like, who could it be? Joey wasn't the partner. And we have Amber's voice on the recording. I think Amber was your partner. And they're like, why are you protecting her? And he's like, she's my wife. <laughs> she's my wife. Um, Borat voice. She's my, my wife. Listen, I love I love Sharon to fucking death. If I found out she was murdering people, <laughs> forget it. What if she murdered me? No. <laughs> Jail. Jail time. Okay. Gear time, lots of therapy for me. Okay. Garcia calls Reed. Um, they found out that Amber had been raped. Sorry, Sharon just texted me. Are you talking shit about me? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, no. I love that she does not listen to this podcast, but she will listen to you record this podcast through the door and then call you out on it. Yeah. My wife refuses to listen to this podcast, but she can fucking dog hearing <laughs> hear me talk shit about her. So, I love, okay. love the idea of her just like you mentioning her name and then just like spidey senses. She's like, spidey somebody's senses. doing Literally, some it's shit. Like, <laughs> crying emoji, heart emoji. Are you talking shit about me? <laughs> At least she okay. did the heart emoji. So, you know, she's not mad mad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Garcia calls Reed. Amber has was raped. Okay, back to being sad. Was raped and beaten by her dad and her brother when she was younger, and then she went to the hospital, and then her mom showed up, and was like, "It's a lie. She's lying," and like she had no support. And then they said that it was um uncommon for abuser abused people to become abusers. That it's like one in eight. Yeah. People who are abused become abusers. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like a lot. So the fact that she became an abuser. Um, Statistically, she is the outlier, basically, is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I feel like in the media, it's a really common trope yeah. that abused people become abusers. But in reality, it's not that common. Not at all. And I, I don't even know if the statistic they quoted on that is still accurate. Um, well, that's true. I think... Might be even less. I think now. it's even less now. I think there's so many more resources now. Yes. Especially with like the internet that you can like find help. Yes. Before you become a serial killer. Before you result to murder? Yeah. I'd say there's a few more pit stops we can take nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So Gideon is telling Tony that like 
Amber doesn't give a shit about you. She's been with other men. She set him up. She pretended she got beat up. She brought the ring. Like, you know, she doesn't care about you. She's throwing you under the bus, Tony. Um, then Reed tells Gideon about the brother and the father beating her in the woods. And Gideon's like, she's going to forget all about you. So why don't you just tell me we're in the woods? Like, she hit it, etc. And then Tony says, like, there's a cabin. So I thought this was really interesting because, like, isn't this super similar to Extreme Aggressor? Cellmates, and then, like, a, a guard and a prisoner, a submissive personality who turns on the dominant person. They go to the location right at the end to save the girl from being killed. It is a... They do... It just was like they're talking about how rare the partner killing shit is when literally the first episode of Criminal Minds is a partnership. Was that? Yeah. That's why it was just like a weird like and they didn't even like reference back to, you know Extreme Aggressor. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it is it is weird. I agree. Um I guess it's been like a long time. Like it's been That's over, been like, like twenty episodes ago, you know? I guess it's been like 25 episodes ago. I meant like real people time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Also that real people. (laughs) Also a long time in real people time. Yeah. Okay. So they go to Duval County, Florida. Um, And that's where the cabin is. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And Hotch and Morgan go to the cabin, and then Hotch is like peering into the window, and the woman's face gets like slammed into the glass right in front of him, and he's like, "Oh shit, everyone inside!" Yeah, like it honestly was just like it. It shouldn't be funny, but it was kind of fucking comical how he was just looking around the yeah. corner, and then it like horror Hotch like jump scared you. Yeah, exactly. By her just like yeah. getting slammed into the window. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so they go inside. Amber's like throwing her around, and then they're like, "We saved her." And she's like, "No, you didn't. She'll never be the same." Uh and then we see like L and Reed and JJ getting the news and being relieved, and Garcia like turns off the video. Uh and then they're on the plane, and JJ's like, "We found the body of the first boyfriend." Um, and they're like, that's good. It's also good that we, like, save Tiffany Spears and, like, the family will get closure. Like, the families from, like, three years ago will get closure. Uh, and then Hotch is really sad. And then Hotch is really sad, I guess, ruminating about the cycle of abuse or something, but they never really, like, focus on why he's sad. He just is. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's gotta be about the cycle of abuse. I think that's definitely But it. also, like, I just feel like, also, it's been so long since we've seen... Haley and Jack that like maybe he's just and we don't see them again for a bit still um yeah I just don't know I don't feel like they connected it enough they were just like hot sad it was like at the end of the last episode where Gideon is watching the mom and the kid and it was like oh I didn't realize you were emotionally connected to this case (laughs) yeah exactly I don't know why they keep trying to throw in these like 11th hour character growth moments it's like y'all you can't you can't keep doing this can't keep we doing can't it. keep doing this. No. You know what we can keep doing, though, James? Criminal Minds. Well, I was going to say ranking the episode on a scale of 1 to 10. 
Nice. Actually. Let's do it. So what do you what do you rank in the perfect storm? Season two, episode three. Hmm. JJ looked really cute. JJ was also in this episode for like four minutes total. You cannot rank the whole episode based on how cute she is. Yeah, but did you see her like hoop earrings <laughs> and her swoopy bangs? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she was wearing an untucked button down and a belt around her waist, which is like negative 15 points for me. Um, I'll give it a six. Give it a six. Okay. I think I'm going to give this one. I think I'm actually going to give this a seven because I do think it's a good F, you know? Mm-hmm. I think okay. it. Like, like I just I think it's a good episode of Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a great episode of Criminal Minds, but I think it's better than average. You know, it's like two points above average, but you know, a few points below perfect. You know, sure. I'm, I'm giving it. <laughs> I'm giving it a seven. They did say the episode okay. title within the episode, which is good. They did not say Will's up yet, correct? No. God, we. We're gonna pop, be popping the biggest fucking bottles when they do finally say wheels up. <laughs> popping the biggest bottles. I'm gonna fucking buy champagne just to pop a bottle when they finally say wheels up on this fucking show. I swear to God. That's it for this episode of okay. Wheels Up. I mean, do you have, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, Any other fun really. fun facts from the commentary or anything? I don't think so. All right, then fuck it. We're done. Fuck <laughs> This episode is over. We're done. Goodbye. You can find us on Twitter and Insta and everything at Wheels Up Pod. We're here every other yeah. Wednesday, and I'm losing my voice actively. So, James, do you have any quote for me? Oh, not really. <laughs> um. We've only been doing this for 25 episodes, you know. You've saved one little whore. There were, I'm sorry, there were no lines this episode. There were no good. I really got to, I got to the end of the episode and was like, oh shit. Uh, thanks. You know? That's our ending quote for this episode. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Done. Yikes, you know? Fade me out, fade the music up. Let's go, bitches. Let's go. <laughs>